and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with my incredible, fantastic caddy, tired. Jeff Shane. <laughs> We're coming off a fantastic Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Italian pit bull, Francesco Molinari. Red, white, and oh-so-green coming down the stretch and charging just like Arnie would have done. Jeff Shane, an amazing 64 he post on Sunday. Your thoughts about Francesco's win? First of all, he looked really good with the green shirt and the red cardigan. And I don't know if that was intentional. Uh, when you're coming from tie for 17th, you never really know. But he, he looked really good in it. But... It was a victory that Arnie would have admired, just taking on the course, and uh, boy, he putted so well. Everybody, I think, has probably seen the clip of that 44-foot putt at 18, which is on the same line as Rory's putt last year, on the same line as a couple of Tigers' putts to win, uh, but he putted so well. He, he made 160-something feet of putts on the day, which is just an incredible number. Anytime you have triple digits... That's a great putting day. Well, we know he became champion golfer of the year last uh, summer at the Open Championship and a world-class player that now has been on quite a run here uh, coming out of the blocks. And you'd have to look at him as a, as a top contender at the players. Absolutely. He's, he and Brooks Kepka. I think the consensus is that those are the two guys that over the last nine months have really kind of grabbed this sport by the throat and made it a little bit theirs. Of course, we know that Brooks has the two uh, major championship victories, but Francesco winning, not not only winning the Open Championship, but winning with a stellar final round at Carnoustie. He played uh, his last 14 or 15 holes at Carnoustie bogey-free, which is almost impossible to do at Carnoustie. Uh, before that, he won his first time on U.S. soil at the Quicken Loans National. He won at Wentworth, um, and now he's won here at uh, you know one of the bigger regular tournaments on the PGA Tour. He's now got both sides, you know, both sides of the ocean. And oh yes, he went five and zero at the Ryder Cup. Don't forget that the Europeans don't. That's right. Uh, Lowest final win rounds to win at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I know you're a stats man. Uh, Francesco, 64, name me the other two. Well, Rory shot 64 last year, but the one that's going to be tougher to remember, of course, the guys at the NBC booth won't, won't forget it, but Gary Koch, 1984. 
A very, the very stout round. Um, let's talk about Bay Hill. The course was in unbelievable shape, played so tough. You had the wind, you had the greens that were just slick as anything on Sunday, and then the pin placements. Yes. Talk about those. <laughs> well, they changed some of them up on Sunday. The The one that we were talking about before uh, coming in and, and going on air uh, was the one at 12, right? The, the, the typical Sunday pin is front left. 13. 13, I'm sorry, it's front left. It was back right, and you couldn't land it near. Uh, that that was, I think it, it crossed some guys up, and I like that. I don't like having the same po- positions on the same day year to year to year. Uh, it, there's always four good positions, and you know some are better than others, but if you mix them up a little bit, make them think a little bit, and with the conditions and the wind and the firmness of the greens, uh, th- th- this course got a little bit of an upgrade a, a year or so ago when they went to a new watering system. 4,400 sprinklers all individually controlled. And when you, you as a groundskeeper can go out and say, okay, it's a little dry here. We're going we're gonna to go longer on, on, on this particular section of the fairway and it's wet here. So we're going to turn that one off or scale it back. You get the type of just nearly perfect golf course that we had at Bay Hill all week. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, Holly G and Jeff Shane recapping the Arnold Palmer Invitational. A little bit surprised that uh, Rory didn't uh, repeat here. Uh, He seems to have some struggles on Sunday. (laughs) This was, um, you know, probably a disappointment. What are your thoughts on Rory? It's kind of becoming a trend. And if you read what I wrote uh, in the Sentinel this morning, uh, it is kind of a disturbing trend. Since he won here 50 weeks ago, he has found himself on seven occasions now in second place in the final group going into Sunday. He has yet to win any of those tournaments. And in five of the seven, he could not break par. He was shot even par 72 yesterday. Um, Is it getting old? He says it's not, but maybe we should listen to him. Yeah, um, tough day. You know, it was tough to get it close to the hole. I felt like I I didn't, I really didn't play that badly. I I missed a couple of shots, Um, but you know, I was, I mean, I felt like I was hitting good shots to 30 feet all day and, it's hard to sort of shoot a score. I mean, my mindset going out was play that way, take care of the par fives. You know, I thought, you know, go out there, do that, shoot 68. I would have been close, and obviously that was the, the winning total. I just didn't play the par fives well enough. Um, you know, short little putt on four. You know, sort of missed it in the wrong spot on six. They had two great shots into 12 and wound up in a tough spot. So, you know, if I played the par fives a little better, it might have been a different story. But, um just so firm out there. I did everything I wanted to do. I hit fairways. I hit solid shots in the greens. Just it's asking a lot of yourself to, to try and hold 25 footers all day to, uh, to make birdies. Hard to adjust to those conditions. I mean, just how firm it got. It got yeah, it did. It got really firm. Uh, and as I said, I mean, even going in with eight irons, nine irons, wedges into these greens, you know, 25 feet was a good shot, you know, and then you're, you're trying to take your chances from there. And, you know, the way how slick the greens are, 
you're not going to have a run at 25 footers. You're almost, you know, send a mat walking up 17. It's like we're hitting really good shots, but we're leaving ourselves putts that we're sort of being defensive with because, you know, it's hard to, you know, you don't want to run at six feet by every time trying to hold them. Rory, are there positives you can take from this? And even if so, uh, are you kind of over the moral victories at this point? No, not at all. I'm playing well. I get myself into contention every week. You know, continue to do that going into next week. It's a great thing about golf. It's not as if I have to wait too long to get back on the horse. <laughs> um, so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with everything. You know, I just think today, you know, I, I could have played the par fives better. But really, apart from that, I mean, it was an unbelievable run from Francesco to, to shoot what he did. I would have needed to shoot, go out there and shoot 67 to better him, which would have been one of the best scores of the day. And it was, you know, anything under 70 out there this afternoon was a great score. And um, as I said, if I took a, took care of the par fives a little better, it might have been a different story. Is Sorry, a frustrating Sunday even more frustrating when it comes from the final? Uh, no, I mean, like I'm... It doesn't matter whether it's Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday. You know, you know, I shot 72 on Thursday here. Um, felt like I didn't play that good. Felt like I played much better than the 72 I shot on Thursday. So, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter what day it is. Um, you know, I just. But the you know, final group part. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your final group, fifth group from last. It doesn't. It's golf at the end of the day. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Um, Rory Francesca said that his duel with you at Wentworth was sort of the start of the building and the confidence that's carried him through the rest of the year. So in a weird way, you had a role to play. Uh, you raised the level of his game. Do you see that? Um, yeah, look, we've we've had some good battles on the course. Um, Wentworth was one of them. You know, it was sort of, I didn't have my best stuff, and, you know, I sort of, grinded away and had a putt on the last what it looked like to be in a playoff so but that was yeah I mean that was the start of Francesco you know sort of lighten it up he went on to win in DC uh, then he won the Open and then obviously he wins here so you know he's been on a he's been on a, on a great run the final group thing and the frustration of not being able to get done is that unfair in some ways and what you look at is you keep giving yourself that chance I'm playing well I mean I'd, I'd must be I'd much rather not be putting myself in position to to have a chance to win. You know, I'm I'm playing good golf. Doesn't matter with if I'm playing that, that golf on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, my Sundays haven't been what I would have liked, but I'm putting myself in that position. So good golf is good golf. I keep saying that at the end of the day. Rory, fantastic. Um, you know, insights into you know what what was going on there for him. Yeah, and he he came to Bay Hill. Trying to keep everything positive, and and let's face it, he hasn't finished lower than sixth in any event since the calendar turned to 2019. But you know, I think that I think that sometimes you got to work a little bit at that to keep things positive when you're so close so often. Now the guy that didn't uh, didn't have to be so close had just had that great round, and now uh, by the way, Francesco Molinari is up to number seven in the world rankings, right behind Rory, in fact. But uh, here's a little bit of what he said in the uh, press conference afterwards. Over the last 10 months, with what you have won worldwide, that, that really sets you in a, an, elite, an elite group of players at, you know, at the top of the world. Do, do you accept that? Do you think that of yourself? You seem very <laughs> modest, as if you wouldn't think that way. And how, how do you deal with that? No, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to think that way. But, you know, it's, it's personality. I'm, I'm definitely more confident. I'm not scared about going out on the golf course playing against anyone but 
it's just really hard for me to, to picture myself where I am at the moment. Uh, hopefully someday I'll, I'll be able to. I think maybe it's the background as well. Coming from Italy, you know, you, there's a few, very few guys getting on tour, so let alone, you know, doing this sort of stuff. But I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and hopefully things will, will follow suit. Yeah, how does the red cardigan feel? And also, uh, the claret jug was on display out by the uh, the press area out there. Did that bring you good luck? <laughs> yeah, but I kind of see the claret jug every day when I'm at home, so I'm used to seeing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the red cardigan is great. You know, obviously, it's a it's a symbol of of what Arnie was and who he was, and uh, coming from Italy. You know, we, we weren't exposed to that much golf, but obviously Arnie was such a global icon that he was, he was there. And, and this tournament was one that we watched, my, my brother and myself at home many times, watching Tiger making that putt on 18. So it's still a bit unreal to, to think that I've done kind of the same today. Just on, on, along those same lines, what will be your attitude about uh, wearing the sweater in public or even maybe for play? <laughs> No, that's that's not gonna happen. But I'll keep it, you know, with the hidden away with the other trophies, and and uh, I don't need to show off, you know, what what I've won. It's all the trophies at home are not really in sight, and it's just you know what I am. I, I don't do it to to show off with other people. I do it for the satisfaction that I get when that part at 18 goes in the hole and. Uh, Hopefully, I can keep the same motivation that I had last year and, and during the winter this year going for a few more years, and then I'll can, I can sit down at home and, and have a look at the, at the trophies. Given uh, Arnie's style of play, being a sort of an aggressive player, is it fitting that Rory last year and you this year have won this tournament the way you have? Yeah, I think so. I, I hope so. You know, it's... Uh, it's always a pleasure for us to come back here to, to his place. It was obviously even better when, when he was around, but even now you, you can feel his presence. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he saw Rory last year and he saw me this year, and uh, he's proud of what we did out there. Jeff, humble guy, uh, but what we know about Francesco is he's tenacious, he's disciplined, he brought his team together, uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, to say he wanted to get better. He wanted to improve his driving because we know that's, yes, the putting is key, but, you know, keeping up with the power game, the modern game, game so important to these tour players. And an interesting statistic that I saw yesterday, strokes gained off the tee with club head speed Francesco now number eight in that stat behind the likes of Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Gary Woodland, Bubba, Rory, and Keith Mitchell. <laughs> and in the modern game, and we talked about it a little bit, uh, putter putting is still very, very key. But the guys that can drive it reasonably long, what I call long enough, and keep it in the fairway, those are the guys that contend week in and week out. And I'll also say he's adjusted his mental game. You heard how, how humble he is. He still, I think in a little way, is, is, is a little in disbelief as to his status 
in the world of golf these days because of his humble beginnings. And he kind of had to learn, I belong here. I can do this. I can play with Rory McIlroy week in and week out. And you kind of heard in Rory's segment uh, that that Francesco mentioned that uh, it was the duel with Rory at Wentworth last year that kind of kicked that into gear. Well, there's a whole nother duel that's going to be taking place beginning uh, Thursday at the Players' Championship up at the TPC in Ponte Vedra. And we will be discussing that with our special guest, Todd Lewis, coming up next. Stay with us. The Golf Insiders will be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders on this special edition Monday night. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Golf Insiders. And tune in Friday night for a special players edition from 6.30 to 7.30. Holly G in the house along with my co-host for 2018-2019, Jeff Shane. (laughs) So good to have you with me here. This is fun. Season 11. And uh, we're going to go straight up to the Players' Championship to check in with one of our favorite golf insiders. Happy New Year. Happy Florida Swing. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? Great, great. Uh, First, just your thoughts on Molinari and his big win yesterday at Bay Hill. You know, it's interesting because uh, Francesco showed up at the Century Tournament of Champions in Maui. I was working that event, and he said that he really hasn't (laughs) practiced, prepared, or anything. He basically took a few months off after the Ryder Cup and just kind of went through the motions there in Hawaii and then really didn't do anything for a month or so after, but went back home to London where he lives, worked on his game, showed up in Mexico, got some competitive uh, reps under his belt, felt like he was really strong coming into API, and then it showed. Uh, I've, you know, he's soft-spoken. He's obviously not very electric, but he is one of the premier ball strikers right now in all of golf, completely. And when his putter is as hot as it was Sunday – he is one of the toughest players to beat. Um, and and I like, this is not an anomaly from him winning last year on the PGA Tour uh, in D.C. and obviously winning the Open, winning in Wentworth, what he, what he did at the Ryder Cup, going 5-0 and there. Uh, he's still relatively young in his, uh, in his 30s, so I, I think he's, he's going to be a force over the next few years. Speaking of his putting, Todd, I believe it was on Golf Central last night, uh, that they were talking about this new shaft that he has in his putter. Uh, if I got this right, is the top part graphite and the bottom steel? It's like a hybrid? Well, it, it, it's probably. <laughs> I, I am not sure, to be honest with you. But I do know he's been working with Phil Kenyon uh, on his putting over the last year or so. Uh, Phil Kenyon is a worldwide uh, putting guru, works with a lot of great players. He's worked with Roy McIlroy for, for a lot of times, other great European players as well. Gary Woodland, just to name another one. He's an American, of course. Um, but it's just, 
you know, you put a good piece of equipment in your hands, you, you start working with a teacher that has a, a tremendous reputation, and then putts start falling, and all of a sudden it's amazing how your confidence can go from 1 to 10 to like a 3 or 4 to a 7 or 8. And as good a ball striker as he is, all he needs is to be is a 7 or 8 as far as confidence goes. So, uh, like I said, it, 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 he, he's, he's a great force, uh, in my opinion, on the world stage. And a guy that I think we have to look at this week uh, at the Players' Championship. I know yeah. it's hard to, to put wins back-to-back, but he's played so well over the last nine months. And, and what you kind of didn't mention when uh, showing up in Mexico and playing well, he came off the flu. He was actually going to go to Riviera and maybe even Pebble Beach, but wasn't feeling uh, like it right. was uh, worth it. So uh, he's come together a lot. Uh, of course, with the players, I think the, the big story this year is, of course, it's back in March, uh, an, an interesting stat that, that uh, I'm sure you've seen. 120 of those 144 players have never seen this golf course in March. How do you think right. uh, it's going to be going in? Well, I, uh, I took a tour today, checked out the golf course, and the first thing that, that you'll see on television, and if you're fortunate enough to get on the grounds here at Sawgrass, is that this has kind of an Augusta green about it. They have overseeded this golf course. It's like it's straight out of the Wizard of Oz and Emerald City <laughs> maintenance staff put this golf course together. It is popping here. Um, like I said, it is overseeded. It was overseeded in March, too. And one thing that the, the big difference from March back, you know, it ended in 2006 to, to now, is that when they had overseed rough uh, back 13 years ago, it was thick four inches, you know, it was just kind of like, let's hack it out and try to you know, make par. Here they're going to keep the rough to two and a half inches, which is still challenging, uh, but obviously it's not as deep and as dense as four inches. The philosophy from the PGA Tour is that they want the players to be able to put a club on it and give themselves a shot. They'll, it'll still have a realm of unpredictability about it, that shot, but not to the point where it's incredibly penalizing. Uh, early reports is that they feel like this golf course, because of the way it looks and the rough not being so severe, and it's a bit softer than it normally would be in May, because in May it's warmer and it dries out quicker, that this golf course may play a shot or two easier compared to May. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Well, certainly if any weather kicks up, um, that will, you know, probably be a key difference. We know it can really blow up there. And uh, we've certainly seen that uh, wreak havoc, especially on the famous Island Green. What is the uh, forecast for the next few days, Todd? Well, it's supposed to be kind of warm. You know, comfortable temperatures in the upper mid to upper 70s, I believe. On thir- I'm just looking Thursday through Sunday. Uh, and then a cold front comes rolling through, and it's going to bring, uh, bring some chance of showers on Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, a better chance than Saturday. And it's going to be a bit chillier on the weekend. It'll be in the 60s. So... You know, this golf course will change over the next, you know, four or five days, especially during competition. Um, but you know what I think? The, the biggest thing that I want to point about the players, point out about the players, is the fact that when you go to a lot of the tournaments that I do, there are golf courses that are built for bombers. Uh, there are golf courses that are built strategically for accuracy only. You know, this golf course. There is no typical A player that fits this golf course. And if you look at the list of winners from, you know, power players, like, you know, Phil Mickelson is a power player now. Him, Tiger Woods, so on. You got, you got Tim Clark, Fred Funk. I mean, it's such a wide variety of, of, of 
players that win this championship, and I think that's what makes it very, very intriguing. Absolutely. Especially- Here's a perfect example, if you don't mind me saying. Sure. Webb Simpson was the shortest hitter in the field last year. Shortest hit as far wow. as distance goes off the tee and, and won. So there's a perfect example right there. Absolutely. And, um, you know, very interesting when you consider this is the best field of any event all year. Top 50 yep. in the world rankings, top 50 the FedEx Cup. You over a, have over 100 PGA Tour winners, uh, which really makes this exciting. And uh, good luck throwing a dart on this one, Todd. Not going to do it. <laughs> I will say I will say this, you know, and in if this if this happens, then it'll go against the norm because the number one player usually doesn't play well in this event for whatever reason. But when I talked to Dustin Johnson after he won in Mexico, he said I am basically back to where I was in 2016 before I injured myself prior to the Masters. And if you remember that year, he was he was such a formidable player. Uh, he, he looked like he was going to hang on to that number one ranking for a, long, a lot of years. Uh, so he feels like he's right back where he was then. Uh, I, I would bet he's going to be in contention on the back nine come Sunday here. Well, it's going to be a very exciting week for those of us uh, here in the Sunshine State. We're super happy to have the players back in the Florida swing. And uh, your, your final thoughts, Todd? I think it's a, you know I think it's going to be a, 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 again a mixed bag on the leaderboard. I think I, one thing I would pay attention to and look at what happened at API. The top five players, none of them are Americans. The Americans were dominant there for a few years, but now these international players, especially those in Europe, have have elevated themselves. Uh, and I, I, that's one thing that I'd pay attention to over the next few months on the PGA Tour schedule is. Where are the where are the American golfers right now, and who is the biggest force? Because the international players are really coming on strong. Well, then I'm going to go out on a limb and and pick a dark horse. Not so much a dark horse, but a guy who's playing great is Keith Mitchell. We'll see how he plays coming off another good strong finish at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And I I I, I still think Rory's going to win one of these. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go there. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. Uh, top six finishes in his last five starts on the PGA Tour. If he can putt well here, he's four. He's, he's somebody to, to uh, contend with. All right, Todd, have a great week. We look forward to seeing you up there. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. We always appreciate you spending some time with the Golf Insiders. Well, Jeff, we're going to be heading up there in uh, just 24 hours to check, out, <laughs> check it all out. We're going to have a special edition on Friday night, 6.30 to 7.30, right here on 96.9 The Game. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the Golf Insiders. And uh, Jeff Keith Mitchell, you know, sort of my long shot pick. You're you're going for Rory. I've I've said that he's going to win one of these Florida events. I'm down to two, and I'm not sure he's playing Tampa. Uh, I'm going to go. Speaking of, um, yeah, I'm going to go with a Florida guy. I'm going to go with Brooks. I don't get any respect, Brooks Kepka. That's certainly possible too. And and he's he's playing a lot better in his Florida starts. That, that was kind of a jinx for him previously. Well, again, congratulations, Francesco Molinari, on dunning the alpaca red cardigan sweater. 
a fantastic week at the API last week, Orlando's uh, premier sports event. Always a great time. Thanks so much to everybody in the media center that helped us get our work done. Congratulations to everybody at the tournament. Marcy Doyle, tournament director. All the charity, all the support to the Orlando hospitals, the Golf Insiders. We'll see you Friday, 630 to 730. We're out of here. Bye-bye. I've been down before.